Uh, Father God, thank you so much for who you are. God, we just sang how we just admire who you are. You are such a great Savior for us and how desperately we need you. Lord, we are absolutely who you called us to be. We are who you say we are. And so today, Lord, we just declare your greatness, our need for you. And Lord, we ask that you would speak over all of us right now. Lord, change our hearts. Do surgery on us now. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. There's this man who was in his teens at the time, and he decided he was going to go make something of himself. And so uh, he had a rough back history. He'd been kicked out of high school. Um, he had, at this point in his life, tried to commit suicide once, and at the age of 22, tried it again and did not succeed. The age of 23, he decided that he had this dream to do something. So he moved to Atlanta and he started an off Broadway play. He used all of the money he had, he invested in this one week showing of a play that he had written, and it failed miserably. And it's time that it was there, only 30 people came to see it. Everybody called him a wreck, a lack of success, no talent. He was living in his car, doing odd jobs, and he, for six years, tried his best to get this play to be seen by somebody. After six years and seven runs, it finally caught success. It, at, at that point, they finally saw who he was, and today, he is one of the most high-paid men of all Hollywood. His name is Tyler Perry. I think sometimes we believe that people just are instinctively given everything. But we today know, if you've ever watched the TV show, The Lottery Ruined My Life, realize that even millions don't change you. And so because of that, we come across a man in Scripture that had it all. He grew up among the Egyptian people as one of their own. He had everything he needed, wealth, popularity, you name it, he had it. But he wasn't from their people. In fact, he walks out and he sees an Egyptian beating one of the servants, and he takes the Egyptian's life. And it could have cost him his very own, and so he runs. He runs into nowhere, and he runs into a man who takes him in, he marries his daughter, and he begins to shepherd his sheep. Historians believe there is a, a time frame of some 50 years that this would have taken place. In our culture, when we see the 50-year-old person, we tend to believe that this is heading towards the end of a career or something like that, but God is just about to start using this man. And this crazy moment happens. As he's out in the desert, we see that he walks upon a bush that is burning, but it will not go out. And so he's curious, and he walks up on it. And he hears a voice that says to him, Moses. And he's like, okay, I've been out here long enough to know that when fire catches on something, it doesn't stay burning. And next, I've never been out in the desert, and a bush talked to me. And so it makes him even more curious, and he walks up on it, and he says, Take off your shoes, because the area around this is holy ground. Takes off his sandals, he walks up, and God gives him a commission point, a, a calling, if you will, to go back and to rescue his people from Egyptian rule. And then he asks God a question that today, I hope that you capture on where we're going to end in 2 Timothy. 
In Exodus 3, God says to him in this conversation, here you're going to go. And Moses says, what am I going to say when they say to, to me, who sent you? And he says three distinct ways who he is. He starts by saying, I am who I am. The second is, I am has sent me. And then he says this. In that context, he says, the Lord, and then he uses a word, Yahweh, has sent me, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And it says this, and that is how I will be known forever through all generations. He tells Moses on that day, I'm going to be the same God forever. I am. You know, we just sang this song that we are who God says that we are. I am who you say I am. Which the writer of that song did a play on words for us. Because we are not I am, are we? God is. And because God is who he is, he is faithful to stay who he is. He doesn't change. So let me give you a sermonette before the sermon. When someone tells you that God has changed his mind on a subject that he wrote down in the Bible, they are a liar. God does not change who he is. He is holy. Holiness doesn't change off of holy. Sin changes off of sin. I saw this, this picture sometime back of this woman who was a, a woman's rights advocate. And she took a picture in a swimming suit. It was a swimming suit that went up to her neck and down to her kneecaps. And she stood like this. It was provocative. No one had taken a picture like this out like that in front of everybody. People went, oh, how dare her dress like that? What about our children? What about the men? They're going to look at her and go lustful. And at that time, we kind of went, oh, it's not that bad. I mean, come on, you prudes. You ever heard anybody call you a prude? If not, sinful. Anyways, <laughs> but you catch this. In that moment, they were like, what? And today, standing at Walmart, if you go down an aisle and you just happen to look to the right or the left, we could only hope that this generation would just see her. I mean, have you ever had that moment with your children? I've had this, where the magazine front, you stand in front of them with your card. It's awkward, but you stand there to protect your children from what's on a magazine in a public place. Beware of what sin does. What we wink at in this generation will be on the front covers of magazines in the next. Y'all remember growing up, a couple would be kissing in a hallway They'd walk into a room and the door would shut. And then it went to the next scene of a kid playing ball or something like that. And we would go, oh, well, the camera now follows them in, doesn't it? And it used to be only in movies or on HBO. But now it's on everything. It's even on our children's TV stations. We, at some point, have got to wake up that what sin winks at in one generation 
will be on the covers of everything in the next. God doesn't change. God has never winked at sin. He's never high-fived uncouthness or coarseness. God has been the same God from the moment he created the world until today. And you know what's more? He'll be the same God forever. He doesn't change. He stays consistent. And here's why that's important for us. Nothing else in our world is consistent. Nothing. People, jobs, money, fame, nothing's consistent. Nothing. The stars of yesteryear are not known today. The number one movie in the box office in 1950 is not number one today. The star athlete of yesteryear who won all the awards and all the titles is not known today. No one buys their shoe. Do you capture this, that our world is going to change? And because change is always occurring around us, because change is like a whirlwind and it's coming for you, and if it's not on you, it's, hap- it's about to happen. The sirens are going off. We need something consistent. We need something definite. We need something solid. And that's God. He doesn't have to change because he doesn't have to change. He's holy. Holiness doesn't have to change. Holiness is consistent. Sin is inconsistent. Lies, quarrels, fights. Why do these things rise among you? Sin. So as we go through this passage, as we end this series together, remember what it says in 2 Timothy 2? It says this, this saying is trustworthy. For if we died with him, we will also live with him. And if we endure, we will also reign with him. And last week we talked, if we deny him, he will also deny us. And then listen to this week. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. For he cannot deny himself. God is consistent. He's just consistent. He is always faithful, even when we don't have any faith at all. I mean, this is the hardship of those outside of Christ. What do they hold on to? What can they hope that sustains them? And the answer is nothing. Nothing can sustain us. Nothing is faithful enough. Nothing is strong enough. Nothing can weather the storm enough. You can hold on to everything in this world and it will leave you lifeless. It'll leave you strung out. It'll leave you heartbroken. That's the thing about things of this world. When they're not of God, they are of the enemy. And he hates you. He hates the world. For God so loved the world, but Satan so hates the world. He has no place for joy on our planet. He has no place for peace on our planet. The enemy comes to, remember the three things, steal, kill, and destroy. He's an equal opportunity assassin, and he hates the world. And so he hates you and I. But God is faithful. He is always there and faithful. So what happens when we read this passage and it says, that if we are faithless, well, let's talk about that. Malachi 3, 6 says this, 
Because I, Yahweh, have not changed. God is unchanging. You see it? I, Yahweh, remember that word? It's the same word he gave to Moses. He has not changed. So God is unchanging. What about Hebrews 13.8? It tells us this, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So God is God no matter what. He is God no matter what. So what does it mean to be faithless? It means this, without faith, which we can get, unbelieving or disbelieving. Even when you disbelieve that God is who he says he is, he doesn't change. God is not a mythical character that if you don't believe in, doesn't exist. He doesn't have to be on the side of a Coca-Cola can, are we all together? To exist. God is God regardless of you and I. He doesn't need your belief to exist. He exists even when you don't believe. Because he's faithful. He's faithful. He's consistent. He's always there. Even if we don't believe, God is still God. I'm so thankful for that. And here's the next one. God is faithful even when we aren't. Man, I... That statement right there is, is what I've hung on to this whole series long. As I started preparing for these weeks together in this Second Timothy, that's the statement that I've hung on to. God is faithful when we aren't. The hardship of Christian faith is this. We believe that it's dependent upon us, and it's not. It's never been contingent upon you. It has always been dependent upon God. And he is faithful. He doesn't change. He doesn't waver. He's not inconsistent. He is always the same from the start of humanity, the start of the planet to today and forever. He is going to be the same. So I want to spend the end of our time together looking through Scripture together and finding this. Deuteronomy 7, 9 says this, we know that Yahweh, your God, is God, the faithful God who keeps his gracious covenant loyalty for a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commands. God is faithful because he wants to show people how good he really is. Because he gets a bad rap. Anytime something happens in our world, people blame God before we can blame ourselves. So the question is this. Who sinned, God or humanity? Humanity did. Humanity brought calamity with sin, such that we're without excuse for why our world looks so terrible. Because for all have sinned, remember this last week, and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us are responsible for the calamity of our existence today in humanity. Each one of us has a part in it. Our sin has brought the worst of the worst to light. But God has been faithful. He is always available. He is always there to turn the wicked worst of our world into the greatness of God. This is not God's plan today. What happened the other day at the synagogue as this man opened fire on people is not God's plan. Far from it. 
What happened in 9-11 was not God's plan. Far from it. The hurt that you've experienced in your life is not God's plan. Far from it. We were created for an intimate relationship with God. To walk in the garden with Him. We were created for an intimacy with Him that would last throughout forever. But then sin occurred. And I've heard people say, man, if it just wasn't for Adam and Eve, we would be so happy. No, because you and I would have come along. And we would have ruined it. Because we all take of that fruit. We all sin. We all have played our part in the breakdown of what God called holy. But he is faithful. That even when we are faithless, he is faithful because he cannot contradict himself. He loves us in spite of us. He loves us even though we don't love him. Remember that? Even when we are incapable of it, God loved us. Even while we were, Scripture says, enemies of God, he loved us. Any of y'all love your enemies deeply? Jesus taught on this, by the way. Said to love your enemies as yourself. But we don't like it. We don't like it because we like to fight our enemies. We, we want our enemies to be vanquished. And God's called on us to be compassionate towards them. To love them like he would. And we're like, hmm. Lest we forget that we were once enemies. And he loved us. Because he is faithful. 2 Thessalonians 3.3 3 says, But the Lord is faithful. He'll strengthen and guard you from the evil one. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says this, No temptation has overtaken you what is common to humanity. God is faithful, and he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. But with temptation, he will also provide a way of escape so that you'll be able to bear it. God is faithful even when we don't want him to be. Our sin declares to God, we don't want a piece of you. And God is faithful to say, but you need a piece of me. In fact, you need all of me. His faithfulness is not contingent upon you being faithful to anything on the planet Earth. He will call you to what he wants you to be faithful to. I heard somebody say one day to me, Kyle, I, I can't be a follower of Christ. I don't like going to church. And I told them, once you become a follower of Christ, you will fall in love with the church. Listen, that was my experience with him. When I was so dead set against the church because of, of being a preacher's kid and seeing what they did to my dad, I had to fall in love with Jesus deeper to fall in love with this church. Because there was nothing about church world that I just instinctively loved. Because let's just be honest, as you came to church today, somewhere on the road, maybe it's as you entered the parking lot, you took off the real mask of you and you put on the church mask. It's the one that when you walk in, you go, they go, how are you doing? Great, brother. You want some coffee? You know I love it. And inside you're going, man, if somebody knew what was really going on in here, they wouldn't even let me in the doors. Man, if someone just knew how broken I am, we would just cry in the 
in the hallway together. This place is not a place for masquerades. This is a place of healing. Because when we gather in his name according to his purpose, he shows up. Because he's faithful. He's faithful. He can't contradict himself. He is faithful. So today when you're here and you don't feel it, or today as you're here and you feel broken, today as you're here and you're angry, that's okay. It's okay. Here's the other part of it. If it's not okay with us, who cares? Church is not about other people patting you on the back. It is a real place to get real with God. If church has hurt you in the past, that's okay. You know why? Because it's full of people like you and I. It's not full of people that have it together. Those people are in heaven. In heaven, they don't look like church. There are no first, second, and third Baptists in in heaven. There is no Methodist or Pentecostal. There's no such thing. We are gods in heaven. So, let me just bring you up close before we finish. If today you carried a burden that seems like it is too big for your shoulders, you have come to the right place at the right time. I can't take it off your shoulders for you. As a pastor of a church, I wish I could. I wish I could heal your wounds. We often talk in my family, if you were given superhero powers, what would you wish for? And I've always would say, I want the power of healing. Of any, I, I wouldn't want to fly. I, wouldn't want, I would just want to be able to heal people. I'd, I'd want to be like, you walked in with a broken heart, I'd be like, Pazinga! And you'd be like, oh, yay! Broken leg, just pulling, I'd be like, and you'd be like, watch out! It would just be awesome. That would be my super strength. But can I just tell you something? I can't do that for you, but I know one that can. The God that heals, the God that sustains, the God that listens. I was just reading in Genesis of Hagar walking through the desert and just crying out, leaving her son Ishmael over the place and standing far off so she could watch him die. And God goes, what are you doing? Go back. I see you. Go back. I've got you taken care of. And she declares that God is El Roy, God that sees. God sees what's going on in your life. He knows it. He loves you. Even if it's sin, he can bring you through it. If it's brokenness, he can heal you. If it's heartbreak, he's there. God is there. And he knows you. And he loves you. And so I want to end with the last way that God is faithful. 1 John 1, 9 says this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteousness to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He can do it because he's faithful. Today, if you have sin in your life and you need to get it off your chest, he is faithful to take it, break it, and forget about it in Christ. He doesn't keep a record of your wrongs. 1 Corinthians tells us that. He doesn't keep a ledger of your wrong. Because love keeps no records of wrongs. It's not self-seeking. 
It, it doesn't, it endures all things. It hopes all things. It, it is there. It is faithful. Today, I believe someone in this room has come to so many ways to find fulfillment. Relationships, maybe drugs or alcohol, maybe it's intimacy, whatever it is. You've kept going to all these things along your path, and you haven't found that fulfillment. You've gone to unfaithful things for a faithful answer. Today is the day to come broken to God and give him everything you got. I believe people should come to God like uncompleted Lego kits without instructions. We do not tell God what we want ourselves to be. God is the greatest master builder ever. We just come as kits before him. You don't have to put yourself together. You don't have to know the next steps. You come to God ready and he'll do the work. Quit trying to become someone so that God can take you. That's not how this works. You come broken. You come open. You come ready. And you lay all of yourself at his feet. Because he wants to give you himself in exchange. He is faithful. Even when we are faithless. Because he cannot go against himself. So whether you feel like God would not receive you, that's a lie. That's the enemy. He will take you right where you are today. None of us in this room has got to put it together enough. We need him. So today is your day. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you do not have to wait any longer. Do not leave this room without knowing for certain that you know Jesus Christ incomplete. And how you know incomplete is you've given him your everything. And he will give you all of him if you will believe who he is and confess with your mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. He is faithful. So today, we see it in the scripture. If we died with him, we'll also live with him. Give him your everything. If we endure if we will just keep going with him, we'll reign with him. If we deny him, if today you walk out, you get a fair trade on that as well. If you deny him, he has to deny you. But even if you are faithless today, he is faithful. So today you can give him your everything and he will accept. Today's your day. Let's pray. Father in heaven. I pray, Lord, over this time together with my friends in this room. Lord, we have a real enemy that wants them to stay just as is. Lord, I've heard someone say, if it's not broke, why well, fix it? Because, Lord, without you, it is broke. Lord, there is no way on the planet anyone should spend another second without you. We need you desperately. So, God, would you speak over each of us, Lord? Encounter our hearts, Lord. Let us hear from you and be changed by you right now. So God, Lord Jesus himself, Lord Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, would you move in the hearts of people and lead us to being faithful with a faithful friend in you. Lord, we thank you for Jesus Christ. And Lord, today we declare our need for him. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.